0: You're listening to the Ascension Roundtable Podcast, Episode 50 Bible Study Changes Everything. Catholic convert and Bible study guru Sonia Corbett sits down with us to talk about how Bible study changes lives, builds community, and breaks down walls between us and our Protestant brothers and sisters. Whether you're a bold Bible geek or you feel like you don't even know how to start reading the Bible, Sonia gives tips for building a culture of Bible study
1: at your parish. Hello and welcome to the podcast. My name is Alan and I am joined today with Sonia Corbett, Catholic author, speaker, radio host, and producer of several high-impact, uplifting, multimedia Bible studies, including Fulfilled, which just landed at Ascension. Um, you can go to our uh, website and check it out. Uh, welcome, Sonia.
0: Thank you. Hi.
1: How's it going?
0: <laughs> Wonderful. Couldn't be better, I don't think, right now.
1: Good. Uh, Sonia is a... Is a a Southern lady, as you can probably tell, she was a, a Carolina native and, and raised as a Southern Baptist who converted to Catholicism. If you want to hear uh, more about that part of her life and that story, you can listen to our previous podcast with Sonia. Um, I forget what episode number it was, but you can go back and, and check that out and hear more of her story or watch Fulfilled and hear about her in there as well. She also served as a director of religious, religious education for a while at St. John Vianney Catholic Church in Tennessee, and uh, was the executive director of Risen Radio in Lebanon, Tennessee. And she is currently the host of Bible Study Evangelista, that you can listen to on iTunes or anywhere you listen to podcasts. She is also in information as a third-order Carmelite, and you've probably, if you're familiar with our blog, you've seen some of her work on our great adventure Bible study vlog. Whew, that's a lot. <laughs> All fun. <laughs> it is fun. If you did listen to our previous podcast with Sonia, at the time we were working on the program that just got released uh, with Ascension called "Fulfilled: Uncovering <laughs> Uncovering <laughs> the Biblical Foundations of Catholicism." Um, it's a Bible study. It's an apologetic. It's a uh, it's a two part study that that explains uh, how Jesus fulfilled the old Testament in the new and walks through different pieces of the tabernacle and relates them to the modern day, uh, Catholic church in the mass. And it's, it's really exciting. And we, um, put a lot of blood, sweat, and tears into it. It's been a life work for the most part for Sonia, and we're super excited that it's finally been released and and we can share that uh, with the world. If you want to check it out, you can become a member at ascensionpress.com. Click on Become a Member, create a free account, and with that, you can preview all of our studies, um, especially Fulfilled. So we're committed this year to taking questions from our listeners and trying to field those questions, uh, quote, unquote, on the air. So... Today, we'd like to read a question from Jack. Uh, Jack says, hi, Ascension team. Many people have shared with me that they are currently dating or married to someone of a different faith. What advice or guidance can I give them for making those relationships work or discerning whether to move forward if they're not already married? Thanks, Jack. Um, that's a great question. Um, Sonny, do you have any uh, advice you'd like to to give him since we have you on the air today?
0: Well, for me, I think it would probably be a two-pronged approach because there are really two situations here. So those who are not already married, St. Paul speaks to that specifically in Second Corinthians 6.14 when he says that we should not be unequally yoked. And that's an agricultural term for when farmers would put oxen together under one yoke. And Jesus actually used it, too, in a, in a parable. And he talked about... Um, Laboring uh, and being yoked with him, and so when we're yoked with an unbeliever or we're yoked with someone of a different faith, whether it's Protestant Catholic or um, Protestant or a Catholic Hindu or Islam or whatever, you have two different directions and two different focus and and that causes in a in an agricultural way, it causes the Plowing to be done too deeply, too shallowly, or uh, just not at all. The cr- the rows are crooked, and so it can't. The seed can't fall properly, and it can't germinate. So, what he's saying there is, it's it's impossible to bear fruit because the the two directions are different when you are unequally yoked. Saint Paul says so. If you are not already married, I would say you need to think about that very very carefully because as an RCIA teacher for so many years what I know is when people try to come into the church and they have been unequally yoked it is a mess it is a it is truly it's so difficult so that's the first issue but the second would be what if I'm already unequally yoked and so in those cases um Wow. I mean, that's just, that's just hard. You have each situation would be so different. And so I I guess charity would have to be our guide there.
1: What would you say to um, somebody who is in our CIA that's, uh, is, is discerning the faith and it can, it can be a way that somebody can come into the church and come into the fullness of the faith and come into the family, um, through that relationship. I know that, um, some, sometimes there's pressure, from a family member that your spouse or your, your fiance needs to convert in order to become, you know, in order for the marriage to happen. And so some people kind of reluctantly um, agree to that, but it can be a a moment of evangelization for somebody to, to really learn um, who they are as God's son or daughter and, and what it means to be, be Catholic.
0: That's absolutely true. But I think that communication has to be very, very clear in at the get go for that to happen. I mean, that's really what we want to happen. And I saw I see that a lot, too. And that's beautiful because people seem to be much more open to uh, the differences in in religion or faith or whatever. And that's a good thing. Um, So the communication then, I think, before you enter a, a relationship needs to be very clear in, in my opinion. And, and, but it's just, for me, I'm a little bit of a stickler on it just because I've seen so many awful situations, you know, I just want to, let's prevent this before we get there, you know, but the communication is the key on that. I think.
1: I love the analogy um, from the, from scripture of the, um, the plow, because it's like, if you have two people that have two different worldviews, how deep can you go in any kind of conversation? Like, sure, you can go to dinner together, you can go watch a movie together, but if you're going to go deep in life and have children and raise children and, and start a family, um, you know, you're going to plow. You're plowing deep, and if you have different worldviews, you can't. You just can't plow as deep. That's a great. I don't know. I just like that. I like that visual.
0: You can't set there. You can't. And you. And not only that, but the seed can't fall. So your seed. And and I mean, if you want to literally look at at that in terms of children. You know, what about mm-hmm. the children? <laughs> so, right. yeah, that's a great, it, it is definitely a beautiful picture.
1: All right, Jack. So there you go. I hope that, I hope that helps. Um, if not, you can um, write to Sonia Corbett at Bible, Study. just kidding. <laughs> you can um, <laughs> send us another question. We can follow up or if that satisfies it, let us know that too. And we'll, we'll uh, say thanks. Thanks, Jack. So thanks for your question. Yeah. Thanks, Jack. And keep them coming. You guys, we want to, um, we want to hear from you guys. So let us know what's going on. Let us know what's on your heart and uh, what questions you have. So, today, we're going to talk about, of all things, Scripture. Um, the importance of encountering God in His Word and helping others do the same. Yay! Um, uh, it's one of Sonia's, um, wow, I don't even, passion. Uh, man, one of your favorite topics, I, I imagine, is, is Bible. Is the, the, is the Bible? That's, yep. that's good grammar, Alan. No, that's
0: true, though. Bible's my thing, man. <laughs>
1: So, I'm just gonna ask some questions here and let you kind of kind of run with it. Is that all right? Sure. Okay. So it's true that the Catholic Church is the true quote, Bible church. Um, but do you think that is the reality day to day in most Catholic churches today when it comes to Bible study?
0: Um, it hasn't been, but it is becoming so rapidly. And part of that, I believe, is because of our non-Catholic brothers and sisters who have challenged us on the scriptures. Thank goodness for that. And so in that challenge, we've been forced to find the answers to the questions that they're asking us. And we have been ill-equipped to do so to this point for many reasons. But at, at this point, what I'm seeing is that it has created a hunger in God's people. So the church and and us Catholics, we are we are hungry for it. And and I see people reaching out more and more for whatever they can get their hands on that can help them enter into a relationship with God with with the Bible, with the scriptures. So it is, it's growing by leaps and bounds in our parishes. People are hungry. They are so hungry to hear from God on a daily basis through the scriptures. And so it has made my ministry really very easy um, as far as like a one-on-one kind of thing, just because, you know, thank goodness I I can, um, I can sort of come alongside people and show them how God did it with me so they can get in touch with him. On their own on a daily basis. I I just think I think there is a huge movement in the church in this direction. And obviously that's from the Holy Spirit and the time that we're in in church history. So I am absolutely thrilled, wiggly like a puppy, (laughs) excited to be part of that.
1: That's great. Uh, And it really could transform our parishes as well. It's definitely Um, going
0: to. In fact, I believe it was Pope Benedict who said that renewal will come to the church through the scriptures. And that was back in the... um, the synod that they did on the scriptures. And so that's, I came into the church right about that time. And I remember, I mean, I was like jumping up and down with my hand in the air going, me, Lord, send me, send me, send me, <laughs> you know. And it, it took so much longer, like a decade, you know, for me to to be able to sort of step into that where God uh, paved the way for me. But yeah, that was in the works for a long time. I, I know it was God's heart that that happened. And so it is happening and it is very exciting to be part of it.
1: So what can we do, how can we help our parishes kind of make that a priority uh, as, a, as a parishioner and somebody who's just, you know, not even, doesn't even work for the church. They just go to church there, but they want to see this happen at their parish. What would you, advice would you give them?
0: Well, I would say two things. One, ask for it from the religious education staff, the, the pastor, whomever, but also consider the fact that if it's on your heart, God may have put it there because He wants you to do something. Mm. (laughs) And so (laughs) sometimes that is the Holy Spirit prompting us to get busy in the thing that He has laid on our hearts. I know when I was executive director of Risen Radio, the founder of that radio station, we had, we did not have Catholic radio in Tennessee at all. And he said, he just kept praying, Lord, we need Catholic radio. We need Catholic radio. When are you going to send somebody to do Catholic radio? You know, and he did that for years. And finally, you know, he finally heard God say to him, when are you going to do Catholic radio? (laughs) (laughs) And so he he said, okay, yes, Lord. And he, he began the process. So sometimes I, I think that's what God wants, you know, and, and studies like Fulfilled and, and Ascension packages, study packages, are the perfect way to do that because they, they don't require teaching. They just require a heart to facilitate this kind of work in ourselves and other people around us. So it's very simple to begin a study in a parish these days, and Fulfilled is the perfect example.
1: Mm-hmm. Couldn't agree more. <laughs> <laughs> it's an apologetic and a faith-sharing, and a faith-sharing study. Um, so there's a great, I heard this saying once where somebody says, you know, God, look at all the sick and look at all the people that are hurt and look at all the people that are starving and what are you going to do about it? And it's like, guys, that I did do something about it. I, I made you. In other words, a lot of times we're out there in the parishes and we want these things, but we, we're so afraid to be the person to jump in and try and start that. And sometimes that's what God, God is asking you to do. So.
0: Yeah, and I think that's probably a matter of personality and temperament. So, sure. you know, if you have that fear, packages like Fulfilled and other Ascension studies really make that very, very easy. So you don't have to feel like you, you're you actually, quote, leading something necessarily. You're more facilitating. So really what you have to have is just that heart that's open, you know, to bringing something like that to your parish.
1: Yeah, that's a great word, to facilitate. That's really really more the role is just to facilitate love people where they are and just kind of do life with them as they are as you're walking through it. Right. So a lot of parishes have um, a men's Bible study and a a woman's Bible study. um, And they meet, you know, one time during the week. And sometimes it's during the day and, and a lot of guys are are working so they can't, and girls, a lot of people are working so they can't attend that. uh, Or it's one night during the week and they just can't, they can't fit that into their schedule. What? How can we move past that as a as a church and as with the technology we have today, how can we, you know, move past that?
0: Well, the online options always help with that. But there really is no substitute for a community, a small group community. It helps in so many ways, especially when they're co-ed and, and you have other married couples or other um, – Even even when the groups are very diverse, as in gender or age or vocation and station in life, you know, whether you've got college kids mixed in with um, the older generations, all of that always helps uplift each of the members. I can't tell you how many times my marriage was improved by being a part of a small group. So if you do choose the online option, which is always a good option, um, and you you go through the material material on your own, it's still good in some way to find some sort of face sharing group or community because it helps you in so many ways. You're able to reach out to those people when you've fallen, when you just need somebody to commiserate with you, you know, mm-hmm. and, yeah. and those those are just you can't substitute for that.
1: Yeah, so true. And there's, especially with technology today, you could watch the videos and then meet together at a at a coffee shop before work, or during lunch, or having dinner together, or just all kinds of options out there. With um, and in somebody's home, you could have people over for dinner. Um, I love what you said about the different uh, ages and, and, and stations in life. My my wife and I were at a dinner party on on Saturday, and she was talking uh, with another girl about her particular Bible study. And she was saying that she likes having people in it that are that are not married, that she's got there's single right. girls, and married girls, and, and some are older than her and some are younger than her. And she kind of likes the, the variety and getting different perspectives on a topic from different people at different stages in life. So yeah, it doesn't have to be just somebody who's, you know, your same age and gender and, and you know, demo, whatever demographic, it doesn't have to be that it can be.
0: Yeah, the more diverse, um, the better, in my opinion. And especially yeah. in my experience.
1: So let me ask you this: Some people study the Bible because they want to um, apologize to our Protestant brothers and sisters, and that's a good thing, um, you know, defending our faith. But there can be a danger there that sometimes it, it, it's a it's a ha, I got gotcha you kind of a kind of a mentality. Um, how do we guard against that when you're reading Scripture, especially in in, in for the reason of becoming more equipped to defend our faith. How, how do you move? How do you guard against becoming like the, uh, you know, I got gotcha you yeah, kind a of a person.
0: <laughs> well, I think in, <laughs> I think every person goes through that. It's a stage of faith actually. And it's a good thing. So we need to acknowledge the fact that God has brought us to the point where, you know, we know our faith and, or we're learning our faith enough to be able to share it with other people. and, the Holy Spirit, if we're walking with him on a daily basis, he will grow us out of that stage. And it's a necessary growth because it, it does turn people off. And and we just have to know that if we're going to come at people like that, it is not going to produce fruit. It just causes conflict and that's not what we want. And I realize that a lot of people engage us in ways that provoke and they're they mean to do that, but the Bible tells us that we should always offer offer a soft answer because the soft answer is is the row in which the seed can implant and begin to grow and God can water it through the Holy Spirit if if we're if we're open to that, you know, and so we really just have to look at our motives. Am I really out to just aha you? And, and if that's the case, you know, that's a problem in, in me. And so, you know, we need Mm -hmm. to really get with the Holy spirit on that because he never does that. The Holy spirit never confronts us in sharp ways that way. The Bible says he will not break a bruised reed. And so he is gentle and he is now he tells the truth. And there is no compromise, but he does it gently and carefully. And that's what we have to remember when we're trying to evangelize our brothers and sisters, whether they are Catholic, fallen away Catholic, non-Catholic, or even atheist or whatever. That gentleness is a mark of God's people. And the Holy Spirit will always lead us in that direction. So we can tell the truth, but we have to do it with charity. And so if we're, if we're not doing that, then there's an issue with us. And we really need to look at ourselves.
1: So good. One time you told me that you, uh, you were one of those people that used, you were one of those people who wanted to catch the Catholics and, and I, right. got, I got you on, yeah. the, on that side <laughs> of things. Um, and that you, for every person you feel like that you have pushed, that you pushed away from, from the Catholic faith or turned or yeah turned off, I guess, from the Catholic faith as a Protestant, you feel like now it's been your, you know, God has put on your heart to like, to double that amount coming back, you know, coming back in. So, um, something to that effect that you said anyway, it was, yeah. much, it was much more eloquent at the time, I'm sure, <laughs> but well, how-
0: it's more the, the St. Paul thing, you know, where he, he, he was challenged by Jesus and then, you know, he ripped his clothes to shred. Oh my gosh, what have I done here? You know, that's
1: kind of how it was for me. So how did you move from the, I got gotcha, you to a, a more gentle approach?
0: It was in a small group i had been leading a small group bible study and the participants were we were all in very different places we had some older married couples and my husband and i were just newly married we had some people in fact the woman who challenged me at that time she was just a girl and she wasn't married didn't have you know kids or anything like that and so she was coming into the church and i remember Mm -hmm. just i asked her i said And here we are in a group in our group, you know, and it was a close knit group. So I felt justified in sort of confronting her so rudely, which, you know, (laughs) I wasn't. (laughs) But I thought I was because I was the leader, you know. But I just told her, I said, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. (laughs) And she she was so gentle with my militancy. And every week I would just challenge her and push her and she would answer me and I would just get so angry. I thought you're just, you're going to hell. I was going to save her soul. You know, you're going to go to hell. We can't let you do that. You know? And it was interesting because I would get so angry and try so hard to, to just be in control of myself, you know, with her because her answers were so gentle and so careful and so methodical, but she was just, she knew what she was saying and she was giving me church teaching. So I would leave there and I would be all worked up, you know, but it would stick and I would just, I would, it would drive me crazy. I had to know the truth of it. Is that true? And if it is, oh my gosh, you know, and, and she just, she stuck me with a couple of arrows that I could not let go. And that was, that was it. I mean, that is what started all of it. It was a small group study and it, it turned into an apology and she couldn't give me the really complete answers that would have satisfied me. And that worked out, to my good, because the Holy Spirit used it to just push me forward.
1: Hmm. that's that's pretty funny. I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall <laughs> back oh, then. It was ugly, uh, and that or I was ugly. She was great. <laughs> that brings us back to our question from Jack about um about two people that are um as you put it unequally yoked. I think if there are two people that are coming at it from two different, uh, worldviews and two different faiths, if you're seeking the truth, then you're going to find it. I think that that might be the way to kind of, without saying to somebody, you're going to have to believe what I believe. Just let's just find the truth together. And, and, you know, as we know, the Catholic church is the fullness of truth. And so you're going to get there, but if you just kind of. Edith
0: Stein says that exactly. If you're looking for truth, you will find it
1: in the church. Yeah. Yeah, as long as you're open to, you're right to hearing it. And, 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 right. Yeah, because you can be, you can think that you're looking for truth, but be closed off to it. But if you're really open, yeah, you will definitely find it.
0: Well, and you don't have to defend it either. I believe it was Augustine who said that the truth is like a lion. You don't have to defend it. It will defend itself. And, and that's how she did it. She just laid it on the table and then walked away, you know, and. The thing, though, that is important is if we don't know it ourselves, we cannot share it. And that's why fulfilled is so important, because... Catholics have long felt unprepared to be able to answer questions from non Catholics or fallen away Catholics, who, especially those who measure the faith, our faith, the Catholic faith, with the Bible. And so, because we haven't been able to give them a nice little packaged answer, which I know that seems simplistic and it kind of is in one way, it's enough to, to start. People asking the questions, though, you want to give them the nice little package so that they can walk away from it and go, oh, OK, well, that seems logical, you know, and then they'll come back to us with the other questions that we can, you know, build on.
1: So, OK, another question for you. Somebody who is um, doesn't know Scripture very well and is a little bit intimidated about the fact that, you know, they, they're they feel in their hard. They want to they want to join a study. They want to start reading the Bible. But they're just like, I don't know, even know where to begin. Like there's like all these different books and there's different testaments and I'm kind of ignorant. I don't even know where to start. Like, where would you tell somebody who's like, yeah, I, I, I'm sold on the fact that it is the word of God, but I don't even know where to begin. And, and they speak these funny languages and different locations. And what would you tell somebody, what would your advice be to that person?
0: Well, church history tells us that we should always begin with that Lectio Divina practice. So I have put together, and I use it in fulfilled, it's called Love the Word, but it's Lectio Divina without the Latin. So the steps are L-O-V-E, listen, observe, verbalize, and entrust. And so you begin with the readings of the church on a daily basis, which you can get anywhere online for free, but definitely the gospel. So if you're intimidated by the amount, of reading or just the mass or whatever, just read the gospel, but do it every day and sit in the Holy Spirit's presence and ask him, what do you want to say to me today? Read the reading and use that, those four steps, listen, observe, verbalize, and entrust, and let the Holy Spirit begin that process. Once you've done that, then a very good practice is to do a a formal Bible study, such as Fulfilled, at least twice a year, well, at least once a year, but preferably twice. And that way you're getting the meat of what we call exposition, which is um, what it means. But you're also getting that daily one-on-one time with the Holy Spirit that transforms us. And both of those work together. You really need both. You need a way that you can actually study the scriptures more deeply, but you have to be in touch with the Holy Spirit on a daily basis so that he can show you how they, that stuff applies to your particular circumstances. So both are important, but I would start with the readings and then some sort of formalized Bible study.
1: Now, when you read scripture, do you use a study Bible or do you just use... Um
0: oh gosh I have 12 oh gosh <laughs> so I like well what I like to do is is read a passage in several different translations and then read the notes that come along with a study Bible all that stuff because you get lots of information there and and that's a, a very simple way too to just get a little more information but yeah I have I have all kinds of different study Bibles and translations and the church bothers and all that I, I just can't get enough of it <laughs> that comes though you know that all that comes
1: yeah. So you wouldn't recommend somebody go out and get 12 different Bibles and just <laughs> start reading 12 different translations?
0: Maybe not, but maybe an one extra. Chances are in our day and time now, people have more than one Bible anyway. And yeah. so it's good to just sort of open open both of them up to that particular passage and see the differences in, in words and translations because that gives us clues to what the words actually mean when they're translated differently.
1: Yeah, and there are Bible apps for your phone and there are online tools where you can you can go to a verse and then you can just click on a different translation and just see it right there you don't have to buy it yeah
0: and you can actually see like 12 <clears throat> different translations mm-hmm. of one verse online it's very very helpful i mean our day and time is just there's really at this point in time it, there's really no excuse to not be doing this on a daily basis
1: right so doth ye have a favorite translation of the bible <laughs>
0: Yes, RSBE, uh, RC, I'm sorry, RSBCE, which is the Revised Standard Version Catholic Edition. That's the best one I have seen.
1: All right, what? But and what? there
0: are others. Um, others approved by the Church are the New Jerusalem, the NAB. Um, There are several. Uh, I I actually really like the Dewey Rhames, too, because it has that elevated language that I grew up with. I really mm-hmm. like that. So I like the Haydock version because he's got the church fathers in there, but there's lots of good, good stuff. But the RSV is my favorite.
1: There you go. Excellent. Anything else you want to talk to our listeners about today?
0: Ah, oh, we don't have time for that. I'll just <laughs> say hi. Thank you for listening.
1: If you want to learn more about Sonia or hear more of Sonia, you can follow her at Uh, evangelista, Bible study, evangelista.com is her uh, website and podcast um, where you can listen to her. And she talks more about love the word as well.
0: Yep. Love the word every week. And right now we're doing a a series on the fruit of the spirit.
1: Excellent. So if you want more Sonia, that's where you can get her. So thank you so much for joining us today. It's always, um, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. I miss talking to you on a weekly basis. Um, so it's good to kind of catch up and and chat today.
0: Awesome. Thank you for having me.
1: You're very welcome. Our pleasure. And just to remind you guys, you can preview fulfilled by becoming a member at ascensionpress.com. Click on Become a Member and create a free account. You can preview Fulfilled in any of the studies. I might be a little biased about Fulfilled because I was the content project manager on it, so I might be a little biased towards it, but uh, you should check it out. It's awesome. And if you want to contact us, you can at Ascension Roundtable at ascensionpress.com. Have a great week, and we'll see you next time. Peace.